0: Welcome to the Perry Ritchie Group podcast, bringing our communities the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and updates on the capital market to keep you informed and confident. Listen in on conversations with our advisors and industry leaders around the country who are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the Perry Ritchie Group podcast.
1: to another edition of the Perry Ritchie Group uh, Market Education Podcast. Uh, On this episode we have an individual that's been on plenty of our episodes to this point, uh, Mr. Ross Mayfield. Uh, Ross is a chartered financial analyst and is also an investment strategy analyst within PWM, which is a division uh rw bear so welcome ross
2: yeah thanks for having me back great to be here
1: thanks well i i know with all the uh you know the volatility in the market i thought this would be a great time to to have just a, a very high level discussion around what volatility is maybe provide some insight into what's causing it um so i thought you'd be the perfect person for this so i'm just going to jump right in
2: yeah, absolutely. Ready to roll.
1: Okay. Um, as a as really a starting point, explain to our audience what market volatility is.
2: Sure. So, you know, usually when you're hearing about volatility, it's it's because the market is experiencing some weakness or selling off. And it's very much viewed as a negative thing. Um, and, you know, and, and in that context, it is. But what volatility really is, is just a kind of a dispersion around an average so a stock is more volatile than a bond because on any given day week month or year it's expected to go higher or lower so it's a bigger swing around kind of its average return so you know when markets are selling off we're experiencing that swing to the downside you know stocks are selling off um, from their long-term average they're they're lower what they've done over the past couple of years but you know, one other way to think about volatility is there's tremendous upside in the market as well. I mean, you know, we're up over the last year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. Um, you know, in the short term, there can be downside volatility and upside volatility. But over the long term, there's there's more to the upside, obviously. And that's why we kind of sit where we sit. So, you know, the, the stock market tends to reflect the earnings of the companies that build build it up over the long run, but in the short term, it's just, it's people trading and, and trading on different time horizons and, you know, it's supply and demand. So it can go up very fast. It can go down very fast. It can chop sideways. Um, it's it's just, it's kind of part of the, it's kind of part of the investing landscape. Um, and as long as there are people involved, it will continue to be.
1: Excellent uh, analogy there. If you don't mind, elaborate a little bit. So explain to our audience typically some examples of what generates volatility, whether it be on the upside of volatility or what we're seeing now, which is obviously the downside of the volatility.
2: Sure. So I mean, you know again, we'll start with the downside because I think that's what we're focused on now, given where the market is and what people typically think of when they think of volatility. but Geopolitical events, you know, those can often be very risk off people get scared that that something bigger is going to develop, they, they sell stocks which are, you know, risk assets and um, You know, domestic politics can cause cause sell offs or, or pops in the stock market, you know, and then the things that really drive the earnings of companies or kind of the macro environment for stocks, things like the Federal Reserve raising interest rates things like inflation. Um, you know, we get an inflation reading from from the Government Bureau. That reports that once a month. And, and lately that's been a, a volatile day for stocks because you know it's very indicative of the environment. Um, you know, earnings, you know, this this is maybe more on an individual company level, but a company reports earnings once a quarter. Analysts have expectations for those earnings. If they miss them and they've had a really bad quarter, a bad year, that can be a catalyst for downside volatility. On the flip side and and what we're seeing now and have seen for the last couple of years is a lot of companies are beating expectations and there's volatility to the upside. You can beat expectations and be up 5, 10, 20 percent in just one day. So, you know, kind of these these core drivers, geopolitics, domestic politics, earnings, Federal Reserve, inflation, those tend to be the big kind of big drivers and particularly the ones right now. Um, But pretty much anything can cause volatility If if it scares people or gets people excited it can cause volatility because again, it's just, it's people behind the wheel.
1: Excellent. Then to your point, you know, around earnings expectations, I have seen it in the past, which is a bit of a head scratcher, uh, but you'll have an expectation of X and they beat the expectations, but they didn't beat it by a great enough amount, so to speak. Uh, And then the, the share price goes down because of it. So once, once again, a little bit of a head scratcher. I try and remind clients around earnings reports. You know that is just the previous quarter, so it's a very short period of time, um, but it is counterintuitive at times as well.
2: Yeah, it is, and and you're right. Quarter to quarter, that's that's really tactical. I mean, we you typically want to be thinking longer term. You know, a company that I can own for a much longer period of time. But I'll, I'll never forget. And to your point, expectations, especially in the short term or everything, I'll never forget the first quarter kind of that reflected the pandemic lockdown, the GDP number, it was down, it was a GDP down like 31 or 32%, which is a historic crash in GDP, like a depression, basically. But the analyst expectations were for down 34% and the market rallied. It was like, it was a number reflecting the worst economic crisis in, you know, nearly 100 years. But it beat analyst expectations by a little bit. It wasn't quite as bad, and the market rallied. So, in the near term, those expectations can matter. But longer term, it, it tends to be a little more just noise.
1: To the next question, and and we get this quite a bit when the we don't get it as much when the markets are uh, moving upwards. But in a in a decreasing market, you get to hear this a lot, and it is, um, you know, what should we be doing right? So in a in a downward trending market, what do you suggest your average investor should be doing regarding their portfolios, even their behavior?
2: Yeah. So, so a couple of things. So I mean, one, you know, if you have a, a longer term timeframe and you have a longer-term financial plan and that still holds, you don't need to do anything. You probably the best advice would be watch less news, get outside, focus on things in your control. Cause the reality of it is, is, you know, we build plans or we build portfolios to reach longer term goals and that's in our control, but in the, we, we can't control the day-to-day of the stock market. And really the only way to kind of lose money in these environments is to kind of get spooked enough to sell when the market's down, right? I mean, it, until that moment, you know, paper losses are just that, they're not, they're not real or tangible until you kind of, you know, give in and sell into that weakness. Um, But it's a good time to kind of take stock of how you feel, you know, to your point about behavior, you know, is this too much volatility for you to stomach for you to sleep at night, you know, if that is the case, get with your financial advisor, you know, revisit what that plan looks like, maybe revisit your asset allocation in general, do you have too much exposure to equities, not necessarily for you know the 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 number on a piece of paper that you want to hit, but you do need to be able to sleep at night and live with you, your portfolio so that it doesn't you know affect your quality of life. So that's typically something that we talk about. But I really do recommend cutting out some news during these times. Um, there's a great uh, chart out there somewhere that uh, somebody chronicled every time CNBC ran their markets in turmoil uh, special, which is you know a, it's all red. They run it when the markets down. And the, the returns a, a year out from every time they run that are, are great every single time because they're, they're a good sign that sentiment is so bad and we're kind of near a bottom. But it, it just typically spooks folks and, and makes things worse. So revisit the plan, touch base with your advisor for sure, but, but ultimately hold tight, focus on the long term, and, and you know, control the things that are within your control um, is kind of what I try to do because I'm not immune to this either.
1: So to a, to the last question, I wanna be considered a people's time and I wanna make these to where they're quick, digestible little, little pieces to take away. Um, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, whether it be an hour from now next week or towards the end of the year, but is it fair to expect continued volatility in the short term just based on everything, so to speak, we got going on?
2: yeah yeah, I, I think so. I mean, so we didn't talk about this specific bout too much in detail, but the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Inflation is at forty year high. There's obviously a handful of geopolitical issues, you know uh, China, Covid, Russia, Ukraine. So there's a lot going on. Um, you know, the market had been at an all- time high earlier this year. so there was you know bound to be some deflation of, of that. So I think it's fair to expect this volatility to continue. We're in a midterm year. those those are typically more volatile see bigger pullbacks so you know volatility is is the price we pay to to access the long-term gain to the stock market so it is just kind of the cost of entry i expect it to continue in the near term um but to your point about crystal ball it's always very hard to tell when that turn is going to be and you want to make sure you're still invested when that happens you know march of 2020 it happened fast and if you were out of the market it was tough to get back in so we always want to be uh you know thinking about that as well
1: excellent Once again, Ross, thanks for for jumping on a few minutes with us here. Uh, To our audience, if you listen to this and there's questions generated, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to our team uh, at any point. So once again, thanks Ross for, uh, for joining.
2: Thanks for having me
0: this podcast is intended for information and educational purposes only it is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy the information is considered to be from reliable resources but its accuracy is not guaranteed the opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of robert w baird and company inc Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Inc., a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor member, member FINRA and SIPC. Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated.